everyone. This is X O'Connor, and you're listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. We've got a great show for you this week, but before we jump into it, just want to kind of get a little more information out to you guys. As we mentioned last week, on October 30th, we're officially releasing our music production mastery course. It's very exciting. We are so proud of how this has turned out, and people that have been able to go through it already in a kind of our beta test have been really excited about their progress after going through it. So we're so pumped to finally get it out there. October 30th, it's coming out. FullCircleGoesLive.com to register for all the information you need surrounding that. This is a special episode, though, of the podcast because we actually have three of the people involved in helping us beta test this in our initial trial runs while we've kind of been perfecting it to release to all of you guys. So we have three gentlemen on the show today. One's named Tyson. The other one's name's Jared. The last one here, but not least for sure, his name's Corey. And these are just three music makers, just like the rest of you. Some of them a little more on the artist side, the performance side. Some of them diving deeper into just straight on production. Some of them songwriters. They just want to share with you their story of what's been going on in their lives, the beginnings of making music through the course, and what music making is like now and how it's changed. Because we're all just looking for information. I know that for myself, I'm constantly on YouTube. I'm constantly all over the place just trying to figure things out. Like if I hear the sound of something that I really like, I'm trying to figure out how it was made. I'm looking online to see if there's some cool technique that I don't even know for making some kind of side chainy, weird, crazy sound. I'm always hungry to learn more. And I think all of you out there are too. If you're listening to the show, odds are you've probably got that thirst for information. So this is a super cool episode because these guys have been going through it just like the rest of us, trying to figure out. And they've actually been able to get access to our course early. So we've been actually lucky enough to try to convey to them some of the information. So it's just an awesome kind of conversation that we got to have with them to hear how things have changed for them musically from before to after their course. And it's cool to hear how they found us and what they were kind of looking for to get out of it. Because again, these are people just like you songwriters, artists, producers, just thirsty for knowledge. So it's a fun episode. You guys are going to love it. I don't want to waste too much time getting you in there. I want to get you going. So again, if you're interested in the course, Music Production Mastery, releasing on Monday the 30th, head over to fullcirclegoeslive.com for more information. But for now, let's just jump in with Tyson, Jared, and Corey and this week's episode. Hey, what's going on? We are here via Skype. Part Ooh. USA, part Canada with Tyson Coutte and Mr. Jericho Scroggins. Hey, hey. What you guys up, doing good? Excellent, man. Just awesome, happy to dude. be here. I'd like to thank all the little people. <laughs> <laughs> well, from, you know, when you're in the airplane, everyone looks really small up there. I say the same thing because the guys on the ground look really small, but they made the plane go in the air. Yeah, so we you, love you know them. How that is. And we're yeah, thankful exactly. for them. <laughs> exactly. They make things fly. I'm good at that. And sometimes so your bag actually arrives as well. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Dude, I love it. So for our listeners, just can you give us a little uh, backstory into, you know, a little bit of what you do, what's going on with you right now, that kind of thing? Yeah, I'd love to, man. My name is Tyson Kute. I'm a producer, songwriter, engineer, Mac technician, driveway shoveler when it's snowing. You know, whatever it is I need to be. Husband, of course. Father, of course, of two amazing kids. I have the best wife in the world. Shout out to my love, Misa. She's an hey, amazing hey. songwriter and singer as well. So we are at this stage of our lives where we really felt the call by God to be a part of Nashville and serve there. So 
We're headed down. We are so excited about being a part of the songwriting and production community out there. And it really does feel like a family. We've been back and forth for the last just over a year now and, you know, kicking it with a full circle team and and really getting in the dirt and trenches with you guys on some tracks and whatnot. It's been incredible. So, And you're literally on your way down now. Like you're literally sitting in an <laughs> empty house and just put your family on a plane. That's it, man. The pods are full. The half of the family or sorry, the three quarters of the family is already on their way down. Our eldest son is doing an apprenticeship program in Nashville with another producer in town. So there's a lot going on musically in our whole household and it's about to all be shipped down to uh, Tennessee. We're setting up shop, man. And we're excited. Did you miss your flight for this podcast? Man, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, this was on the calendar. This was on the calendar. (laughs) Yeah, no. And it worked out great because I was like, yeah, we could do it Friday. And then Misa's like, "Uh, no, we can't. We still have pods to fill up. You're not going to have time to do it. I'm the optimist and she's the realist of the relationship. So (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. Better wait till Monday. And sure enough, we filled up two pods already and realized we still have more stuff. So we ordered the third one. I just got off the phone with pods now and they cannot deliver all of our pods separately. So anybody out there who's trying to do a move, international move between Canada and the United States, I'm just going to let you know right now, all your stuff has to leave all at the same time and you get one shot. That's it. So oh, man, oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's a big takeaway right there yeah. for anyone looking to move international. Yeah, we Come can on. end the podcast right here. That's yeah. great. Hey, it's funny you said podcast and I'm talking about the pods. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we've known you for over a year now. Jericho and I were, were actually just talking about this a minute ago because we were looking actually for some video footage from one of our prior events. <laughs> oh, no. And we were like dating back to like... So first boot camp was literally, you know, yeah. like... 13 months ago now. And that's, I believe that's when we met you for the first time, heard your tracks for the first time. Yes. So we've kind of been around you for about a year now. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in the past year and kind of, you know, just how things have changed in your life a little bit? Man, it's been insane. Like there's been so many moving parts of this whole thing because at first we've been going back and forth to Nashville and meeting people and getting connected. And there's just been so many great opportunities. And you guys and Seth have just been incredible at just being real open-handed and sharing and helping us with contacts and getting us involved with stuff there, which has just been such a blessing overall for both Misa and I. So that's been that. But, you know, as we've been kind of transitioning and really felt that like that, okay, this is it. We are doing it. We know God is calling us to move to Nashville. It's been a whirlwind because we've got a life here in Canada. We have a home, we've got kids in school, we've got family that we're helping take care of. So there are a lot of moving parts of the whole thing. And I mean, it's a real testament to God's faithfulness in the whole thing because every single detail has been covered. Not It hasn't been easy, but he's gotten us through every single minute detail. Even the pods not making the date of arrival that we expected, it's still going to get there. So that's yeah. been incredible, but it's really been a faith journey for sure. It's been a scheduling journey, that's for sure, because a lot of moving parts when it comes to the paperwork, lawyers, getting all the information together, but then also trying to manage work in the meantime, still trying to be creative, still trying to get things done on time for deadlines. It's incredible because you've just added this whole other pile of things that need to get done on top of everything that you were already doing. So it's pretty intense. 
but exciting at the same time. Like, I can't even tell you how hopeful we both are. And even the kids, they're excited about what they're experiencing and what they're doing. And it's a bit of a culture shift for us. But, you know, we've watched enough American TV. We know what to expect. (laughs) You've seen a few movies, no big deal. I mean, that's that's about it. Everyone says they learn English in movies anyway. That's right. Come on. I mean, you already spoke English, so you're you're up like 16,000 feet on it. There you go. Exactly. exactly, So for, for everyone listening, you work in audio professionally to begin with, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit of what you do. Okay. So I started out as a D. I'm going to go way back. I started yeah, go, out go as, back, a, as a scratch DJ, man, just mixing records and going back and forth to clubs and, and house parties with my crew. And we would lug all the vinyl up the stairs and the turntables and sometimes the speakers too. And that's how it all started for me with that whole passion of music. I remember building like my first wooden DJ table with my old neighbor and he helped me set it all up. And I was just music all the time. That was just my life. And then it started getting to the point, I don't know, around nineties, early nineties, where it's like, I wasn't feeling all the music that was coming out. So I was like, Hey, you know what? Let me try to make my own and see what I could do with that. So I got my first sampler, my EPS 16 and Sonic. I started learning how to sample and learning how to synthesize and understanding attack, decay, release, sustain, all the the fundamentals of synthesis. And from there, it just kind of grew into this passion. Then I started figuring out, okay, how am I going to turn this into an actual career? And that was through, again, just the grace of God. I got pointed into the direction of co-op placement within high school, which is a thing out here. I don't know if you guys have the same type of thing in the United States, but in Canada, you have an opportunity to actually be a co-op student in the field that you're interested in to get yourself to try it out before you actually fork out the money for post-secondary education. So yeah, that cool. that was fundamental for me because I got inside a studio and I, I haven't left since. Yeah. So I think I, I might've been like 14 when I got into my first recording studio and those dudes were crazy enough to cut me keys. I did not leave that place. <laughs> <laughs> and then through some other government programs, they were able to keep me there through the summertime. I had the opportunity to go to uh, college just outside of Toronto and learn how to engineer professionally. But I was already doing it. I already had clientele. I was learning as I was going. And that was the, the beginning of digital audio. I was just there at the, the end of the tape era. So I got to learn how to actually, you know, put tape on a two inch tape machine and, and record and distort and have a fabulous time in the analog world. And then right when digital started, I got to learn from the very beginning. So, man, I know how to make sure that my plugins are not running out of power because I started on <laughs> the early systems, oh, man. <laughs> oh, dude, I remember that. I think you and I kind of broke into stuff at similar times. Man, I remember doing the math on early Pro Tools systems with like how many voices all my TDM plugins were eating up because you had to make sure you were using the right blend of TDM versus RTAS. Yes. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Too many of these verbs and I can't get these other EQs I'm on this done. thing, man. Yes. Yeah. Or I can't make more than 64 tracks if my voices are getting eaten up <laughs> by like too it. many aux tracks with, with reverbs on you, them. Ex, kids these days have no idea, man. Dude, they seriously don't. Everything opens up a million of whatever they want. Back yeah. in the day, it's like, dude, I need 24 tracks. I need to make sure that this one plug and that <laughs> takes up four voices when I put it on this ox track isn't doing, you know, too many yes, different things. That's what was, that was my life. Oh my goodness. So Dude, good. I, 
I love it. So bring us forward right. a little bit further into what you're kind of doing now with all that experience behind you. All right. So fast forward, you know, out of the DJ life, I had been engineering at a few local recording studios. And then this guy used to notice kept walking back and forth down the street. And I had met him at another studio because my wife at the time was doing voiceovers. So she was actually rapping on animated television commercials for Captain Crunch and doing all these great things. And just kind of through that, I knew the, the same guys and we had kind of just known each other from the neighborhood because there were studios there. Yep. And they said, hey, man, I think you'd be great for this job doing uh, engineering for television commercials. I was like, yeah, okay. But then I was like, wait, a steady paycheck? Oh, yeah. I'm wait, in. Let me, me yeah, let's this. go. I'm going to do the interview. Let's go. So one thing led to another. I got to meet the guys that were in charge of that. And I started engineering and I knew nothing about it. I was literally learning as I went. But I'm a pretty quick study when it comes to stuff like that. And I had the basics of the engineering down. I just had to shift it for broadcast and understand what the level requirements are and delivery specs were. So I learned that pretty quickly and spent around seven to 10 years with that company, just learning and engineering and directing voice talent and kind of understanding how that all worked to the point where the guys who were the the ones who were in charge of directing talent, well, they would just leave the room because I would handle it all. So it became single operator Pro Tools, voice directing at the same time, and then also editing and doing all the versioning out of all the regions and all the necessary needs for all that. So I got really good at quickly organizing sessions, cutting vocals, making sure we had all the takes, all the options, backups to that, everything. So that was a great learning experience for me for getting my chops up as an engineer and as a Pro Tools operator. But then also that segued into me doing composition as well. A buddy of mine had done this movie on breakdancing, which was incredible. And I had scored all the music for it. And I brought it nice. in just to listen to it in the studio. And the guy who owns the advertising studio said, hey, man, who did all the music on this? And I said, I did. He's like, what? you didn't tell me that you could compose like this. I said, well, you know, I've been kind of letting you know, but you didn't really notice yet. But he's <laughs> like, if this is the kind of stuff you're doing, you got to start doing some tracks for us. And that was it. I started composing and engineering and directing yep. simultaneously. Yep. So, and it's just been great ever since. It's an, a real opportunity to still be creative, to do all the stuff that I love and people are willing to give me money for it. It's really a dream come true. Dude, that's awesome. So kind of in the middle of all this, kind of coming up to where you are now, we met you about a year ago, mm -hmm. like, we, like we said earlier, at our first boot camp event. Can you tell us a little bit about how you even found out about us slash our event to begin with it and kind of what's mm. been going on since then? That's a great question because it's an awesome story. Like, I know a few years ago, Misa was like, man, I, I really, my heart is feeling, I feel like I'm being led to write Christian music and exclusively, not just the pop that we've been doing or the all the other records that we've done throughout the years. And we had taken a real break from writing because we just weren't loving where the scene was going musically and morally and stuff like that. So we were like, yeah, you know what, we'll just, we'll be good with the advertising thing and, you know, we'll just live our lives. But God just started plucking at our heartstrings and said, you know what, I want you to write music and I want you to write kingdom music. So we're like, there's no market for that in Canada. There's no way. How are we going to make a living at doing that? Or how are we going to, you know, even get it out there and, and get mm -hmm. exposure and, and try to even get it into the market? There was no infrastructure in Canada that's really, that really existed to us because we hadn't done the yeah. research yet. So as we started to do the research and, you know, some of the records that 
felt great to us and the ones that we wanted to make because we didn't want to just do traditional CCM that wasn't us. We come from hip hop, we come from R&B, we come from pop. So we just have a different sensibility when it comes to the music that stirs our souls. So we're like, oh man, there's a specific sound in CCM right now that we just don't do. But then out came these records like the For King and Country stuff and then also the Group One Crew stuff at that time. And there's all these records that started coming out. I was like, man, who's producing this stuff? Because it sounds incredible. And this is the kind of music that I would love to make. And this is like, I want to know who these guys are. I want to co-write with these guys. Who is it? So one thing led to another and Seth Mosley's name kept coming up, kept coming up. And then a friend of ours had said that he had met him not too long ago. So he had an email address. I said, well, you know what? Find out if he'll listen to some stuff and let's see if we can start up a relationship because we're getting out of like the mainstream world of music. And we know a lot of people in, in the record world when it comes to that. But when it comes to CCM and kingdom music, we don't really know anybody in that world. And it's a completely different world yeah. mm-hmm. for the most part. So a friend of mine, he said, okay, I'm going to send him an email and see if he'll talk to you or listen to some tracks or something like that. I, I don't remember all the details. But one thing led to another and I got an email back from Seth and he was like, you know, I'm going on holidays for a bit, but when I get back or if you're in Tennessee, I'd love to check out some of your stuff. And shortly thereafter, I saw the advertisements for the boot camp, and I thought, oh, you know what? Let me just sign up because, you know, it's one thing to go in and meet somebody or exchange e- emails back and forth. But man, I've always known this in, in this business, in this industry, it's that nothing beats FaceTime. Nothing beats getting in there and investing the time and if there's money involved, investing the money to get an opportunity to meet somebody face to face because there's something magical that happens with that, that visceral response when you have, you say something and then the other person says something back and you connect in that moment. That just doesn't happen over email. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, even Seth said, and, and you guys are like, you know, what are you guys doing here? After I was playing you guys tracks that we had done and some songs we had written, you're like, you know, why would you sign up for for boot camp when you guys are already at this level? And for us, it's because it's actually we were echoing some of the things that had happened at that boot camp in terms of even what Seth was saying is that you're never too old to learn something new. You're never yeah. too mm-hmm. smart. And if you think you're the smartest person in the room, you need to get into another room. And that's how we've always felt. That's how we've always care. <laughs> Jericho gets up to leave. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this. It's this attitude that we've always had of we're not there yet. And I think mm-hmm. that's a great position to be in because if you feel like you've already arrived, you stop trying to get better. You stop trying to experiment. You stop trying to expose your, yourself to something different or something new. And I just, I don't think that's fair to yourself. So we were like, let's, I mean, yes, we've been in the business a long time. It's a different side of the business. And yes, there are a lot of Pro Tools key commands I already know, but there are some that I don't know. So the boot camp was just an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Let's go out, let's connect with some people and let's learn something new. And I did, and I always do. Every time we get together, I'm always learning something new. And I like being able to share that in community. If I know something that maybe some of my other colleagues haven't figured out yet. I want to share that. I think there's mm-hmm. something real special about, you know what, we're always open about what we've learned and what we've discovered and some cool technique that's worked for us. Why don't you try that? Or, and you guys are the same way. I've given you ideas and you guys are like, oh, that's awesome. I never thought of it that way. And that's what it's all about. It's just about community and about sharing. Yep. And that's how it's we It's relationships, there. It man. It totally is relationship. And, and I'm going to derail us just for a minute because I want to play off of what you just did there. I had an eye-opening 
experience earlier today. Tell me. Part of it made me feel like an idiot. <laughs> but then I asked a few people if they knew about this and they all said no. So I okay. then didn't feel like that big of an idiot because I've been using Pro Tools for a long time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you might already know this. Or not. Um, <laughs> you might not though. So, okay. So I'm sitting here. I'm using Pro Tools. I hit play. Tracks playing back fine. That's great. I hit stop. I was playing back from the beginning of the session, mind you. Mm-hmm. So then I open up the import audio menu. Got it. And I'm just flipping through. I want to flip through a couple samples and some loops just because I'm needing to build this thing at the beginning of this track, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm hitting play to preview it mm-hmm. in the little import audio box. And it's metering, but it's not coming out of the speakers. So I'm like, okay. So I go and I check the I.O. setup and I see the audition path is set yeah. to the right outputs and everything. That's all great. Do you know why it wouldn't play? No. What? Okay. Did you know that the import audio box, when the audition path, if it's set, well, w- whatever it's set to, it's affected by any master fader you have in the session with no. that same output. Yes. So I had volume automation drawn at the very beginning of my track with the volume all Got the way down. It. So it wasn't playing back because the master fader was down to zero. So come <laughs> to find out, the volume automation affects it, but also anything on that bus, it will play through. So when I'm auditioning these samples, I'm hearing it through my two bus chain. Oh, wow. Which was a tr- like, I've been using Pro Tools for forever. This has A, never happened to me. Mm. And B, I had no idea that that's actually how it worked. Wow. Like, and, and maybe to some people that's like plain as day. But it makes sense when you say it, but I've never thought oh, of it absolutely. because I've always just import audio, audition, audition. Is that what I want? Yes, let's go. Yeah. And I've never had it not play ever yeah. in my life. I've Except never the one time when you had the volume muted at yeah. the beginning to hide <laughs> exactly. all the noise at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh man, you know, those tape plugins are awesome, but that hiss yeah, on exactly. about 15 things builds up real quick. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but okay, so, dude, sorry to, but anyway, that's like little knowledge drop for anyone that's run into that or hasn't run into it yet. But if you're wow. in Pro Tools... Can I just ask how, how long yeah. were you trying to figure out why you had no idea? I, I seriously restarted my computer, I think, three times oh, just man. because it was like, okay, I don't know what this is now. Like, I was, seriously, I'm checking every menu, every preference. It's all oh, set correctly. Oh. And literally, because literally I was hitting play on the session and it's playing. So nobody told like, you, you just discovered it. No, I just discovered it. Like, wow. literally, I was sitting there and I was like, looking at the screen and I see the volume automation drawn and I saw where my playback cursor was. And I was like, no way. No, <laughs> I think Jericho was even yeah, in here sitting back there. He's like, yep. I was like, if this works, this is going to be blowing my mind right now. So I literally just clicked over like three bars. I love it. Opened it back up and bang, there it is. Oh play. man. <laughs> Pro, Pro Tools nerds re- unite. This is awesome. Exactly. Dude, it's a mind blower. Crazy. So talk to us then a little bit too. Coming out of the boot camp and everything, you've actually taken our music production mastery course yes. as well. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about coming out of the boot camp and then and going into something like that. Cause obviously you've worked in studios since, you know, for years and mm-hmm. years. I mean, decades. You know, yeah. like I'm not trying to age anyone here, but I mean I'm in the same boat. You know, we've all been working, you know, 10 plus years in, in a lot of this. I started and- when I was seven. I know, exactly. You know, and the man's 17 now. Come on. Got great facial hair, though. That's it. But, you know, so what drew you into like pursuing even more like a full on course? Because you've even gone to college and everything, too. Well, what, what kind of no, what kind of drew I, you I actually, in a little bit? I didn't go to college. So at that time, you know, going to college was an option. I was like, you know what? I'm already doing it. So I didn't go to college. So for me, I think 
part of it is always in the back of my mind. I feel like maybe I've missed something along the way. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something about the techniques or something about just the fundamentals that I may have missed. So I'm like, you know what? I just want to learn. I want to be a sponge. So I'm like, okay, production mastery course. For me, the production mastery course wasn't about trying to become master of production. For me, the production mastery course for Full Circle was about understanding how guys who are successful in the business right now, in the contemporary world, I want to know how they're doing it. And how does, is that the same or different than what I'm already doing? Is there a little nugget in there that I can discover say, hey, you know what? I never looked at it like that, but that's an awesome way. Like cutting vocals and having playlists open. Yeah, I've always created new playlists, but I never had them all open. That's brilliant. That's one that I picked up from you the other day. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. Just keep the playlist open, drag it down, move on to the next. You don't have to re-engage a record track. You don't have to wait for the silly thing to say duplicate again because you want all the plugins on the track. No, it's all right there. And you can actually comp as you go if you find something you love. So I'm like, brilliant. So it's really about just sharing knowledge and understanding that or being humble enough to know that, hey, I don't know everything and I'm not going to stay stuck in this I've got one way of operating Pro Tools or I've got one way of working with Logic. I've got one way of tweaking Ableton. I want to know how everybody in the business is doing it because even if you do something one way and I do something another way, the fact that I have all these other techniques or ways of thinking about things behind that or if I've got six different samples that I apply your technique to, it's always going to come out as a different result because... I've got a different ear. I've got a different thing that I'm looking for than X does or Jericho does or even Seth does. So we can all use the same technique, but we're going to arrive or we're going to stop at that moment where it's like, yes, I love this at a different place. So it's always going to be something different. That's why I just want to tell everybody, like you guys, if you have something to share, don't hoard the information. You think that you're going to give somebody this magical technique and they're going to be better than you or they're going to steal all your ideas and they're going to, you know, go way beyond you as a producer or as a songwriter or whatever. It's not like that, man. If we all just share our information, everybody's different. Everybody's creative subjectivity is different. So if I may take something and I may interpret it one way and it's going to produce this kind of result. Whereas everybody else who's going to operate with the same technique, they're going to get a different result because it's about where you stop, not just where you start. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. So always be free to share. And I wasn't like that. Like I'm converted, man. I was never a share. I thought, you know, I got to keep that to myself because I want everybody to think I'm the best and they're going to come to me because I've got this secret technique. Well, no, that doesn't get you anywhere. I've always found that the more open you are and the more you share, the more people want to to work with you and do more things with you because they understand that they're coming to you because you're always willing to give and you're always willing to serve and they appreciate that. And it's, again, that builds the relationship and in business, that's what makes people come back. That's why people say, Hey, I want to work with that producer. I may not be the hottest beat maker or the most amazing baseline finder or the greatest keyboard player, but I will stay up till four or five in the morning. And then I'll get up at six o'clock in the morning to work on your music to make sure it's the best that it can be. And we'll have a lot of fun doing it. So that's what I like the takeaway to be. Yeah, dude, I love it, man. That's fantastic. So can you share with us a little bit as someone, you know, moving to Nashville now, you know, doing the international voyage down here (laughs) and, but, you know, working professionally in music, having a son getting ready to Mm. immerse, you know, himself in music too. What are some of the challenges 
like maybe even that your son's facing getting into music initially? And what are some of the challenges that you're facing as a music maker these days? And, and how are you kind of trying to circumvent those challenges or obstacles? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for most people, even my young son, is it's knowing where to start. You know, like mm-hmm. I know some people in Nashville and I know some great people in Nashville. I know great songwriters, I know great producers, but where do I start and how do I turn that into money? And for me, it's not like I just want to go to Nashville and I want everybody to hire me. No, my wife and I both, we want to be in Nashville. We want to be in community first and we want to build relationships. But there is a little bit of a gap there that needs to be filled when it comes to making sure that your rent is paid or your mortgage is paid and stuff like that. And that the kids can, you know, buy a chicken burger at school at lunchtime. So, you know, it's always that fear of, okay, am I going to get there? And there's a million producers and there's a million songwriters and there's, you know, thousands of of people that want to do stuff, but why would they choose us? So there's that sense of, okay, are we good enough? Is this a mistake? Is this a great idea? But that's where the faith comes in. And we really believe that God has called us to Nashville. And like we they say at our church, God doesn't call you to something and then not prepare you for it. So it's just faith at this point. It's getting down there, building the relationships. I learned at a very young age to build and maintain positive relationships in business and it will go far from you. So I think our main goal and focus is to build relationships and make sure that people understand who we are first, and then they'll want to work with us. Then they'll want to give us an opportunity. Then they'll want to say, hey, why don't you work with this person or write with this person? And I think you just have to let things happen naturally and and let this magical synergy that happens with musicians and like-minded people, it's going to happen. And you just have to have that faith. And we know that God has called us to it. And that's what we pray for all the time. And just in the last little bit that we've been there, like we've been there since August now, because our youngest had to start school at the beginning of August, which totally sucked for him because in Canada, we get out of school in June and then we restart in September. So he, yeah, he got out in June, poor kid, but he's had such a great (laughs) attitude. He got out in June and then started again on August 10th. So so July was his yeah. only his only summer. summer. Yeah, he reminds us quite oh, frequently. Yeah. <laughs> I went through that same thing, man. We lived in New Hampshire when I was a kid. And yeah, New Hampshire went to school till like the end of June in there. And then we moved to St. Louis and St. Louis that same way they end in like May. Oh. And then start back, yeah, like August 4th. And I remember I felt so cheated. First of all, it was the first place I'd ever been that the temperature was like over 85. <laughs> You know, because in the north, the northeast, it's like sixty degrees out. You're like, it's heat wave out here, guys. Yeah, right. Calm down. First day in St. Louis, it's like 104. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing here? And then like two days later, I'm in school. School. Uh, and school is like the longest thing ever. It was yeah. so long. And uh, but see, the thing about school in places where it's hot is they have to have air conditioning. In Canada, yeah. they're like, don't put the air conditioner in. Kids will be out in the summertime, and then it'll be winter time again. So forget it. <laughs> oh, so you get a hot summer that starts early. You're done in school, man. It's oh, terrible. I'm sure, dude. Oh. It's just sitting in stale air. <laughs> it's it. And there's always one kid who hasn't figured out that he needs deodorant yet. You know, always <laughs> how it goes. Dude, always <laughs> is, man. Do you, you have anything to wrap her up with here, Mr. Scroggins? Well, I guess just what would you tell a younger you? Like what where you're at now, mm. your journey, like what would you have told a younger you? I probably would have said, be smarter with your money. <laughs> you know, that's, 
Well, that's sage advice, and yeah, I like yeah, that. That's it's one thing that I don't think. Yeah, you don't get prepared for enough for the music business, and I see it happen so many times with even these young kids now that are making amazing music on their little laptops, and they end up with a deal or they end up with a great publishing situation or a hit song, and they get punched in the face with this big bag of money, and they have no idea how to manage it. And that's one thing that my wife and I are both trying to instill in our children now is that music is fantastic and there are great opportunities and there can be awesome money in it. But if you don't have the skills to manage it properly, you're going to be stuck when there's that moment when there's a lull or there's that time when you need to make a strategic move into another land and it's going to cost you a boatload of cash. There's so many things that you don't know you're going to get hit with. And if you don't have the proper skills and understanding of investments and saving and even the discipline of doing all that stuff and understanding when to buy gear, when not to buy gear, when to buy used, when to buy new, understanding just finances in general. That's what I want to teach people who are getting started in it because you know, you can build a pretty decent studio on a small dime, but you have to also be able to just get through your life, like especially if you want to start having a family and stuff like that. So you got to be very careful about, okay, you got a hit song or you have something that's, you know, streaming a gazillion times and now you've got this awesome income. It doesn't stop there. You have to figure out what you're going to do with that to secure your future for the times in the music industry when it's slow or yeah. you're at a, a point where you're in between checks and, you know, your, your publishing hasn't paid out yet and streaming hasn't been calculated yet. Like it's a new era now when it comes to music business and yeah. we're all still trying to figure it out. So... You get those publishing companies like, hey, no, that writer only wrote a third of it, so we're not going to pay you until that company turns in the rest of that song. You there know, and you it's go. Eight months later, and you're waiting on that. And you're waiting you know, on it. And you eight hundred dollar check that didn't seem like much until you needed it eight months ago. Exactly. And then you're yeah. like, you know, and we're musicians, so like, you know, we spend the money as soon as somebody calls and says we're thinking about hiring you. We're yeah, like, exactly. I'm yes! floating this thing. <laughs> you like, oh, I'll drop twelve hundred. No take problem. my credit yeah. card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just about making sure that you can get by on on minimum and still survive, but just be smart with your money, you know, and understand how it works. And, you know, that's another great thing that I've been learning from Full Circle Guys is that it's not just about the music, it's about managing time, it's about managing money, it's about managing resources, it's about helping people along the way. Like you guys have an awesome, a very, very nurtured intern program is what I like to call it, what you guys do over there. And there's a real passion behind that. And I love that. And so it's not just about making the music and making the money and making videos and running boot camps. You care about the people that come there. You care about the people who are interns there and you're concerned about their life and their career and where they're going. And even myself, you guys didn't know me from a hole in the ground, but you're like, hey man, this guy's got some talent and he seems like a decent human being. Let's give him a hand. So I just appreciate and love you guys. And oh, it's mutual, buddy. The feeling's definitely mutual, man. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's everyone, like you said earlier, it's all about relationships, man. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, finding people to invest in and yeah. and to just, you know, share with. We've learned from you, you've learned from us. And I mean, that Mary goes round and round, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've mm-hmm. had interns come through that have, you know, shown, you know, shown us stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, you it's never great. know who you're going to learn from. And even I think kind of when you and I were coming into the music business a little bit more, there was, at least here in Nashville, there was a saying like, man, you know, in music, everything's so, so fluctuating that like, 
you never know who's going to be working for you mm. or who you're going to be working for either. So, you know, the first guy I really interned with, he was tough guy with, you know, he had a way of doing things. He was a perfectionist, but at the same time, he was extraordinarily fair because like, dude, I might be working for you one day, man. I'm not going to treat you like, wow. like I wouldn't want to work, for, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, just give and and get back. You know, yeah. it's, that's where I smart get a, way to be. I get man. a lot of that from my wife too. She's always like looking for the person in the room who's the intern and wants to know their name first because yeah. there's great value in that, and especially in this business, that person who you you know we're going to be flipping to one day because they're wrapping up cables in a session. They could be the A and R that's deciding whether or not your track makes the record one day. So oh, absolutely, man. You gotta. I just think it's easier and it's safer to always treat everybody with kindness and respect and give everybody the time of day and take the time to learn everybody's name because yeah. they're all humans. They're all important people. So just treat them as such. So that's what right. I, I always take that cue from my wife who's amazing at that. And she's taught me that for sure over the last few years. And so I try to make a better effort of making sure that, and it's not that I've been flippant to people like that. I just take an extra step when I'm in the room to say, hey, okay, who here is probably the underdog or the person who's the newest and just get to know, you know, what they're into, what they like, why they're an intern, what they're looking to do. Is there some little nugget of advice that I can give them for my years on this planet that is going to help them or encourage them or inspire them? That's what I love to do. That's what we both love to do. So, and that's why we feel like we've really been called to Nashville to serve Nashville. It's not just about what Nashville can do for us and can we be the next greatest producer songwriter. Honestly, don't care about that. Can we be there and can we serve people and can our kids thrive and can we be a part of a community that's growing, that's fun, that's exciting, that's trying to make great music to inspire people to get connected to Jesus? Then we're done. Like That's our job. I don't need a, an award. I don't need mansions and cars. Yeah, man. I just I want to make sure my mortgage is paid. And we're having a good time writing great songs. That's it. Powerful stuff, man. Exactly. We appreciate you, buddy. Tyson, thanks for coming on the show, man. Love you guys, man. Thanks Love for you too, having man. me, we'll man. Too, buddy. Of course, dude. Looking forward to seeing you down here in the Nashville area. Yeah, in- we, got, we have some birthdays to celebrate. Lee Bros. I know, man. That's right. I know. Right. These kid, their kids are having birthdays left and right around here. I'm like dizzy. <laughs> yeah, and if you need help moving, I know some interns. Yeah, we know we know some interns. For sure. <laughs> and there it is, folks. Hey, oh, Tyson, you want to get to know some in- interns? We'll yeah. send them over to your place. Is it- <laughs> They got lots to learn about where your furniture goes in my house. (laughs) Terrible. We love the interns. (laughs) Oh, dude, always, man. Dude, thanks so much, man. Pleasure, guys. Here on the Full Circle Music Show, once again, here we got another fantastic guest, Mr. Jared Lawson. How you doing, buddy? Yo, I'm great. How are you doing, X? Man, I'm doing good. It's been a hot minute since we've got to catch up. That is true. You know, we, we used to hang out quite a bit, and now, you know, we've been... Working a lot. So now we're getting to reunite a little bit, man. How are things been going? Been going good, dude. Just kind of music domination of the world. One step closer, you know. Dude, I love that about (laughs) you, man. So for everyone listening out there, can you kind of just give us a real quick backstory into what got you into music, kind of where you came from to where you are now kind of thing? I grew up, kind of music was around me. My dad led worship. My mom did as well. Been involved in church most of my life. That's kind of where I got my start. I had a Actually, it was kind of funny. I, I played like saxophone in middle school. Everyone does something like that. Started off on piano. I wanted to quit playing saxophone, but since my parents are musical, they're like, you have to pick up something else. I'm like, fine, I'll play guitar. 
So they hooked me up with a guitar teacher and I started learning guitar and loved it. And high school was when, kind of senior year is when I got pretty serious about it. I got a teacher who had like went to Berkeley and he really taught me fundamentals and all that stuff. So just kind of as everything was unfolding and I was like figuring out what I like to do and the things that kind of drove me to work hard, kept on playing guitar. And that was kind of like, I really like this. Like I want to keep, I want to keep getting more and more serious about this. So throughout college, just always saying yes to things that would kind of involve music or guitar and all that stuff. And some bands and a lot of helping other people. Being a good guitar player, you get to help other people more so than kind of like do your own thing. So For sure. Kept on just saying yes and eventually grew more and more into like the creative stuff, just kind of networks with some people. A lot of people in church stuff as well, doing worship music and just cool Christian rock music. And that's kind of where I got a lot of start and met a lot of people around here. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, by the way. So I really enjoy music. So that kind of came from guitar and then developed more and more into production. And a lot of ways, I still feel like I'm on the foothills of being great at production and guitar and music and all of that. But I love it. Dude, I feel like we all are, man. Yeah, I feel you, man. (laughs) I feel you. Yeah, that's kind of the, I guess, up until kind of getting to know the full circle world and all that stuff. So tell us a little bit about how you kind of came into our world. So how did you come across us at first? Okay. Uh, I was helping out a guy named Matt Hammett, who you know around there. So he's friends with a buddy of mine who I help out a lot. His name is Travis Whitaker. He's in Michigan. Go check out Mile City Church. It's cool. But Matt came and led worship and I got to play with him on a Sunday. And funny story, I'd actually got to open for him years ago in my little high school band. And he may or may not have remembered that, but I was like, dude, I totally <laughs> opened for you. And it was awesome. You're great. So I got to talking to him that I really enjoy making music and being creative and all this stuff. Yeah. So he was telling me that he was just getting involved with all the full circle stuff. And I'm like, this is sweet. So I went and checked out everything. And that was right when you guys were planning the first full circle music boot camp. Yeah. Music Makers Boot Camp. So I was like, done. That's a deal. I'm going to learn so much. I totally respect all these people here. And I don't even know who all these people are, but I really want <laughs> I want to. So yeah. yeah, boot camp was kind of where I got introduced to you guys. Dude, and we were glad to have you, man. Yeah, it was a good Dude. time. Really good time. So since then, I mean, I know on our level, we had a mentorship program that we went through, but you've also taken part in our music production mastery course, right? That's correct. So talk to us a little bit, because I don't know if you know this, but we are currently, you were part of the beta group that got involved Mm. in the music production mastery. Mm. And so now we're actually talking to a couple people that took the beta of it. We're about to release it to like our full list and everything like that. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience going through it? Like what were some of the takeaways that you drew from it and kind of where you were at before you took it and what kind of evolved for you throughout your your time with the course. Totally. I'm going to have trouble, a little bit of trouble separating just the course. And I think that's a good thing. I was thinking about this before and I went back and kind of looked at some notes. I was trying to think of some phrases to kind of like break it down. And kind of what I thought of is like the production mastery course is kind of like the textbook for the college class, if you will. 
So yeah, it like yeah. makes a great companion product to everything you, you guys are already putting out. Like all the free mm-hmm. stuff, all the podcasts, all the yep. webinars and the mentorship and everything. The music production mastery course was a great companion to that where you're hearing all these things and you're like, wow, that's so true. That's like, that's a gold nugget. Like <laughs> all these little tidbits and great explanations of thought processes and mindsets and all this stuff. And that's where it kind of gets laid out into a more systematic way, like point by point, structured, detailed flow type of thing. So it definitely operates really well on its own and is a great structured way. But for me, the real value was kind of all the things I'm hearing from you guys, seeing that get explained in a systematic way and where that was kind of planned out and thought out. So yeah. That's kind of a brief little thing that was great for me. I definitely have so many like small little takeaways that we know those small things like translate into just really massive yeah, like skills and just like things that work and it's fun when things work and you're not like struggling through things. So, and it's a cool thing because it's actually been, I went back and looked at my notes. It's been about a year since mm-hmm. I went through it and we went through it as a part of the mentorship it was cool to kind of go through there and laugh at, first of all, how much I had written down. I felt like I probably just wrote about 95% of the words, all you guys, he said, <laughs> like word for word. But it was fun to go through there and point by point see like, oh yeah, I'm totally using that. I'm totally, I'm kind of thinking like that. Oh, that's why I've been thinking like that type of thing. So, Dude, that's awesome, man. So have you noticed any changes like in your overall work, like quality wise or anything like that? Like what's kind of been, you know, has there been any shifts in what you're doing or like from where you were before to where you are now? Absolutely. And again, it's all kind of conglomerated for me and like boot camp, music production, mastery, mentorship. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of one thing. But from all of it, I can just easily say from before that, there was like a real shift in First of all, confidence is one of the bigger things. Even just the credibility and going down and meeting you guys and learning from you guys and then kind of coming back to my world with my normal people and friends and people I work with and be like, mm-hmm. yo, you guys know that Michael Tate song? Like, just like I hung out with the people who like made it and stuff. So like, <laughs> and it just gave me a lot of courage. It put even the, the boot camp put me in situations I had never really been in with like writing and all this stuff. And that kind of introduced me to that world a little bit. And I've totally been able to come back and people who are doing that around here have confidence that I really don't think I ever would have stepped into some of the situations that I did and met some of the people I did and really enjoyed the work that I've gotten to be a part of through all that. So yeah, confidence is huge. And even just all the Again, the small things, the small little skills, the things that just make everything quicker and easier and make things work. There's so much of that that was set into motion by kind of everything full circle and definitely the music production mastery course. Dude, well, we're glad it was able to help you, man. I mean, I think the reason we put it out there is for exactly kind of what you said. Like you talked about confidence a bit. I know that a big part of this whole thing, this whole music industry thing, we're all always learning, but you have to still have that little bit of edge to it to be like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but I'm going to go full <laughs> on at it. It's like the whole dare to suck mentality. That's what I was just going like, to say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you gotta, and that's, you know, for anyone listening for the first time, that's kind of our mantra around here. And it's, you know, it's like, if you're going to make a mistake, 
make it the biggest mistake you've like ever made, but <laughs> have the courage to try it. Because yep. you never know. I mean, what could have been a complete accident. And I, I've been a part of a lot of recordings where this has been the case. And I'm mm -hmm. sure you have too. Sometimes the biggest, like, this is going to just never work. Turns out to be like the one thing that's just like, this is like the hinging point of this whole little piece. And now it all makes sense. So true. You know, that's something we've definitely tried to work for is to just encourage people to be bold, regardless of skill level. It's all about just having the courage and the desire to at least want to try. Because, you know, everything is is frustrating and scary sometimes too. Mm -hmm. But it's it's having that like, okay, I'm going to do this. I've got to do this kind of thing. Yep, I love it, dude. So tell me a little bit about like, as far as you go personally, like work-wise, what are you getting into now musically? What are you working on these days? I've kind of met this specific group of songwriters around here. I've been doing a lot of work with, one of which has kind of been to a songwriting retreat with you guys. I mean, oh, his cool. name is Amanda Blankenship. Oh, yeah, yeah. We know her. Yeah. Yep. So I've worked a ton with her. Love working on stuff with her. Cool. Yeah. So we've been doing some writing and some demos. And so that's been great. I've continued playing guitar. That's a big portion of what I kind of do with music and work and all that stuff. Yeah. But even just like, kind of like, I've been kind of a Swiss army knife of production, guitar playing, all that stuff. So, I mean, I've even recently, I got the chance to mix an album. So that's kind of what I'm in the middle of right now. How's it going? It's great. It, it's like one of my first like pedal to the metal mixing projects. So yeah. there's definitely some learning involved, but I'm really feeling it. And I think it's turned out great. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. So just lots of random fun little things like that. So more and more demos. I'm, I kind of really enjoy that whole kind of creative demo world. And also partnering with people who are doing kind of more full-blown song recordings, final product type things. So... Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, we're on Skype. Everyone listening to this doesn't know this, but we're on a Skype call right now. And I used to talk to you like weekly yep. on our mentorship calls. And I can even see both. I feel like both of our rooms have changed yep. now. That's true. Like, it's like <laughs> it's like the man's graduated. He's now he's like yep. got all this cool stuff on the walls. Stuff, I know dude. he's, he's <laughs> our guy's growing up here. My goodness, man! And I've got this like wood thing sitting yeah, behind dude. me now, and I got I got a Haas of Jericho that, back there. He's that's the, keeping the, that's it real while crown. keeping it safe, that's the putting crown out the vibe right there. Exactly, man. You don't just get that anywhere, nope. man. You got to work up to that. You sure do. To have a Jericho around, you need to. Yep. I don't know what you need to be doing. I'm I'm just stumbling into stuff right Jericho, here. how much would it cost to get him over here? Probably too much. He I, know I might much. make a visit, buddy. I uh, might make a visit. Okay. Right, <laughs> I think he I'll was take, flexing while he said that, too. I'll take that as a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, dude. Man, Jared, thank you so much, man, for sharing your experience with us, dude. You got any questions for us before we wrap up here? I can't think of any questions, man. Anything dude. else you want to touch on? This has been great. No, dude. I mean, I think we've covered all our needs, man. It's been great catching back up with you, dude. Totally, dude. Totally. Awesome. Dude, well, thanks for joining the show, man. We'll be back with one other guest here in just a second. We're here on the Full Circle Music Show. I'm sitting with my newfound friend, Corey. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Awesome, man. Well, he's coming at us from Bakersfield, California. And I hear just from talking to you a minute ago that you've gone through our music production mastery course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I signed up for the course a few months ago and it ended up being... 
Incredible. Awesome, man. Well, just for our listeners out there, can you give us a little bit of rundown on like where you're coming from, what you've kind of done so far, and, and kind of maybe just up to where you encountered the course? Yeah. So I've always been interested in music production. I've been trying to learn as much as I could about it over the last several years. And I started out on a Windows computer running FL Studio, and it was, I don't know, pretty tough to make good sounding tracks, but I got with my friend's band and they wanted to produce an EP and then a full length record. So I went as fast as I could to learn logic and and figure it out on my Mac and ended up running into the full circle music production course and ended up helping us out a ton. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome, man. So talk to us about the kind of music you were making. Tell us about this band a little bit and like what drew you guys together. So I've always been a big fan of pop and a lot of 80s stuff too, like Michael Jackson and stuff. And I ran into these guys. A couple of them grew up with me in church and they ended up forming a band a couple years ago. They approached me because they knew I did some production stuff and they wanted to get with me. And we've all got some very similar, but also very different tastes in music. And so they're mainly indie pop, indie rock. They do a lot of, I guess you'd call it surf rock. And so they got with me and they were like, hey, we want to make a full length album. And so we just kind of went back and forth talking about some ideas and stuff. They had already had a good deal of songs written, but they wanted to get it like produced and tracked with another set of ears. That's awesome. So Talk to me a little bit too, like leading up to these guys, what was like your musical background? Where did you like, what brought you into music and got you into like the behind the scenes kind of thing? Well, my mom used to be a worship leader at one of our old churches. And so she kind of taught me from a a young age to have a, a strong appreciation for music, but not just like listening to it, but actually like what it takes to make music and what, what sounds good. And she'd make recordings of her own. And I always thought that was the coolest thing. And so as soon as I found, you know, software that I could use with a keyboard and start like tracking stuff on my own, I, I just, I don't know. I just made like track after track in my like (laughs) closet, just trying to figure stuff out. Totally. Dude, so this band approaches you. They want to do an EP. They want to do a full length. And you're sitting there on a PC using, you said (laughs) FL Studio, right? Yep. I was on FL Studio. So it's like, it's kind of that moment where you're like, okay, I need to switch it up a little bit. You know, this might be serious. I got to, I got to go, I got to go maybe get a Mac, maybe jump into like Logic or something like that. So first of all, I got to applaud you on the confidence to just say, (laughs) Yes, first and foremost, because there's there's a lot of people that would struggle with even just the the courage to take that first step of being like, I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to make this work, but I'm going to make this work. Yeah, you know, that's a huge step. And so, man, hats off to you on that. Great. You know, <laughs> that's like probably the biggest step in the whole thing, because after that, it's kind of like it's just sol- solving smaller problems. You know what yeah, I mean? It's totally. like, you might've created a larger problem, but now it's just like little details. It's like, got to get the computer, got to get the software, got to learn how to use it. And while some of them might seem like big, you know, mountains to climb or whatever, in reality, it's like, okay, computer is more of a financial problem. Figure that mm-hmm. out. Using yep. software. Well, I've already been making music for a while using some form of DAW. So I at least yeah. have a base knowledge for how to do it. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. that problem's not as big. Now it's just a matter of figuring out what it's called in this or where the yeah. where the control's hidden or whatever. So share with us a little bit kind of like, did the band kind of know that you were kind of jumping into something brand new or were, were they kind of like, or were you just kind of like, hey, I'm just doing this thing. No worries. Here we go. No, yeah, they did. They knew that I was, I'd been working on FL Studio and actually on the first EP that we did last summer, 
I had just gotten a Mac, but I was still running. I was using like a beta version of FL Studio for Mac, which didn't work all that well. And I was like (laughs) trying to figure it out. And I was like, man, and and it ended up only being three songs, pretty simple. And we were able to to crank them out in a couple of weeks. But after that, I was like, man, I got to get something else because this just isn't working. So I found Logic and, you know, I, I really enjoy Logic. But when I got to it initially, I was pretty overwhelmed because it's just, you know, a completely different beast. I mean, it's, it's, there are similarities for sure with any DAW, but I was a little bit lost. <laughs> oh, I'm not, trust me. I'm still lost to this day. <laughs> so, I was a, you know, I actually started on Logic in like 1999 or whatever. It was owned by a <laughs> German company called eMagic back then. <laughs> and it was like, it, I think it was exclusively on PC. And so, that, I, you know, that was my first funny. recording rig was like this Roland digital mixer thing that had a PCI card that, you know, was in the, in the PC and Mm -hmm. fired up the old logic and, you know, made it happen. (laughs) And then, you know, I moved, when I moved to Nashville, it became a little bit more of tape was still being used a lot here and digital tapes were being used. DATs were being used. Radar was being used. Pro Tools wasn't really even a thing, but then it like became a thing overnight and it was like, everyone's got to use it. So, you know, learned that. And that was my life for probably 12 years. And then, you know, I'd worked with Seth for a while and he works mainly in Logic. And when mm-hmm. I would come out there, we would just bounce a two mix and work in Pro Tools, you know, <laughs> for the ease of my use. And But slowly, as we kind of started working more and more together, we started seeing, you know, the perks of both sides of things. He started like really liking how easy it was to do vocals and stuff inside of Pro Tools. And I was enjoying how easy it was to like program stuff inside of Pro Tools. So when we kind of went full time together... He was like, okay, well, I'll I'll learn Pro Tools if you learn Logic. And it was like, all right. So literally, like, we had that conversation and I had a Logic session and I was like, well, I guess I got to figure this out because I got to (laughs) turn this song in like tomorrow. (laughs) So yeah, I was like, I was on YouTube like all night. Like, how do you do this? How do you Mm -hmm. reverse something? That was even insanely hard for me to figure out. So I understand the daunting task that lay ahead of you, my friend. So... (laughs) So you got logic, you're starting to figure it out, you decided you need help. So what happened then? Okay, so we actually, we started work on this record in January and we had the expectation that it would probably take a month and a half, maybe two months. Granted, none of us had ever done this before. We just made a few little EPs and stuff and we wanted a lot bigger production on it. But so we jumped into it and it actually ended up being that we attempted it three times. We started over twice because we would get a few weeks in, actually a couple times, a couple months in, and and we'd be like, this is good, but it's not hitting the bar that we want. It's not quite the quality that we want. And so after the second attempt and we decided to, to scrap it again and we were like, okay, what can we do to make this sound more professional? And so that's when I discovered the Full Circle Music course. That's awesome. So Talk to us about going through the course. Did you guys go through it kind of together or did you, is this something you kind of did on your own or how did you approach it? Well, the the way that our recording space is set up, we can only work in here in the evenings. So during the days, in the mornings, I'd come in early and I'd watch the videos for the course and I would take as many notes as I could, try to figure it out the best I could. And then if I found like clips of things I thought were really specifically useful to the guitar player or the drummer or something, I'd show them that that evening and we'd kind of work through some of that stuff, getting the gear dialed in because that was a big deal for us too, is that the gear that we were using wasn't quite you know up to par. And so we had to make adjustments. So yeah, I, I'd kind of go in and cherry pick stuff that was like specific to each 
person and show them that stuff. And then they were like, okay, cool. And they would work on that stuff. So when we came back to track later, it was way smoother. Yeah. I think that's true kind of in anything in life. It's like the more you set yourself up to succeed, like the Mm -hmm. easier it is to do later. We found that even just with bands, like making sure, you know, hey, we try to get even demos as, as like to the point as we can, just so when we bring it into a band or whatever, it's like, hey, this is a pretty clear cut vision. You know, mm-hmm. obviously there's stuff for interpretation, but you know, like it's better than going, hey, just uh, here's a song. Think, you know, Lemonheads meets, you know, <laughs> Joy Division and, and we'll be in the ballpark, you know? So yeah. I, I love that you were sitting there doing the work, doing the research, and but also setting your band up to be successful, man. That's a huge part of being a producer right there. So again, mm-hmm. kudos to you. Kudos to <laughs> you, my friend. Taking steps into your own hands because also no one's going to care as much as you do. Like this is your thing. So it's like, you can't trust those dudes to to do it, even though it's their record. It's like, this is your big production moment. Let's, right, yeah. Th- there's I'm a lot make of this work. Yeah, there's a lot of trust that we established. They were kind of counting on me to like pull some of that stuff through. And so I was like, I, I'm going to tell you as much as I know, but when I learn that new stuff, I'm going to probably bring some of that to you because I want you guys to know that too. I want everyone to be on the same page with, with the production quality. So what areas do you think you got helped in the most throughout your taking of the course? Because I'm sure you... You know, as a producer, you already had a pretty steady background in some elements of what's covered. But what were kind of your biggest takeaway moments from going through this? Well, being that I did a ton of programming before, it was really hard for me to get drums and guitars right. Those were a huge challenge. The drums never sounded big enough and the timing was pretty rough sometimes. Yep. Same thing with guitars. The course helped a lot in showing me how to like time correct stuff. Mm-hmm. The guitar stuff, the guitar tracking with the DI, I thought was pretty ingenious. I hadn't heard about that before. And so I tried that out and it worked like a charm. It was oh, awesome. Good. Yeah. And drums, when the, the, you were talking about like layering, I didn't think about that either. I, I always thought like, you know, you have to kind of nail the take and like, but when, when I saw you could piece stuff together, we started trying that out. And like with toms, we'd double or triple stack the toms and it sounded huge. It was awesome. It was like the stellar, like big <laughs> drum sound that we were going for, but we could never figure it out before. Dude, that's awesome. That's the fun thing about music is like, well, in any creative process, there's really no rules. Your limits are whatever limitations you give yourself, you know, mm-hmm. to, you know, rules are somewhat meant to be broken, but there's definitely guidelines that are like, hey, this is a way to do things, you know, this, yeah, this yeah. works. But beyond that, it's like, hey, who said you can't do 10,000 <laughs> snare passes? Uh, the only one saying you can't do it is probably the the Logic or Pro Tools rig saying, hey, <laughs> I can't handle playing that back anymore. Yeah. I can't have any more tracks. But that's, man, that's awesome to hear. We're glad we're glad you got some stuff out of it. Layering sounds is something we've always kind of really, you know, been advocates for. And it, it's something, you know, it's funny. Some things you think are really simple concepts or whatever, but sometimes, you know, you just never know. You never know what's common knowledge and what's not common knowledge. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that, you know, you found elements to take away from it. You took it a while ago. You, you told me ahead of time that this band, you know, this little EP you guys did found some some decent success. <laughs> yeah. So we put out that little EP last summer. It's called Beach Weekend. It was only three tracks. We ended up getting close to a million streams just on Spotify and, you know, got on some playlists and kind of blew up. And it was, that was really, really cool. We were not expecting that at all. That was a lot simpler of a production than this album that we just did, but it kind of was encouraging to us that, hey, we've got something special going on here. We should keep making music. Absolutely. So what's life like now post-course? Like, what are you feeling like, you know, because obviously you jumped into this, like, hey, I'm going to change, I'm changing it all up. 
I'm stepping into a total unknown. But now you've like you've obviously you've made two EPs with these guys and or part of a record or whatever. And now you've changed it all up. You've had experience changing it up. You've been working in your system now for a while. You've gone through the course. Talk to me a little bit about what life's like for you now, especially in terms of making music. Yeah. So I feel a lot more confident that I can be approached by someone that wants to make a track or an EP or something and and be able to walk them through what that's going to look like and help them with that. I have a few friends that are producers. I've got a couple of friends that are engineers actually out in Nashville and then mm-hmm. some here in California. And we've actually gotten together to like, we're trying to get together to produce stuff for people as like a little team. Yeah. And so that's really cool because I don't know, a couple of them had ideas like that before, but I thought, man, I'm not going to be at that level anytime soon. And so after taking the course, I can say pretty confidently that if someone walks in and has a pretty complex track they want to figure out and get recorded, I'm like, let's do it. It's like not that daunting of a task anymore. Dude, I love it, man. I, I got to say, I love your confidence and your attitude, dude. It's perfect, man. When you're working with an artist, that's what you need. You know, you need to be able to be like, hey, don't worry about it. I got mm-hmm. this. You know, your vision's in my hands. You're safe. Let's do this thing. So, dude, I love how it's going with you, man. Kudos. <laughs> Thanks. Dude. Killing. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I was just going to say that when you don't know the actual steps to produce a great record, not only do you like kind of get overwhelmed with trying to learn like the new stuff like really fast and stuff, but when you're unprepared, it can kind of psych you out too. And so for a little bit there, it was hard for me to feel confident about tracking stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like the passion's always there. You know, I want to keep producing stuff, but if you're unprepared, it can really kind of just psych you out and you're like, I don't know, you get overwhelmed pretty easily. Yeah, I think something I've kind of learned a little bit over the past few years, and I think a lot of the guys we work with would attest to it too. You know, there's so much to be said for like ignorance is bliss kind of thing. You know, yeah. like you can do so many cool things when you don't know what you're doing. But I've, I've almost found that having a baseline knowledge is almost as great as complete ignorance. You know what I mean? Like, just knowing that, like, you can do something one way. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to record a drum kit. I at least know that I can make it sound decent. So let mm-hmm. me explore from there. You at least have that ground to go, like, no matter what's going to happen today, something awesome and usable is going to come out of it. You know, that's yeah. in making music, that's like, I feel like, you know, you want to be ultra creative, but at the same time, you want to know that, you know, with artists and stuff like that, that no time's being wasted, you know? Totally. And it's, it's hard when, cause we're all very artistic and creative and it's, it's hard when your technical like level doesn't match up with your artistic level. And so it's tough to get something that meets your criteria. If, if your technical level, it doesn't match up with the artistic stuff. Yeah, you need to, yeah, exactly. You need to be able to communicate not only with other professionals, but almost like with your mind and with your ears. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like to where it's like, this is what my mind's thinking. Now my ears and my hands need to make it do so. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and totally. Dude, it's, that's great, man. So if you don't mind, as we're wrapping up a little bit, share with us, you know, now that, you know, you've gone through the course and everything, obviously still, you're still making music and crushing it. Talk to us about some stuff that are like, you know, challenges, not even necessarily on like a technical level or anything, but just as a music maker and producer, like, are there things out there that are challenges you're facing, whether it's with artists or, you know, on tracks or anything like that? And if so, how are you overcoming these challenges? I think something that's a challenge for me is networking, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, because I, 
I don't know. I've been doing most of everything by myself up until working with these guys. And so that's still something that's that's challenging for me is networking, getting all the communications done. Because a lot of people, I don't know, there's a ton of people that will listen to a record. Hardly anyone ever thinks to ask, hey, who produced that? Who can I get with to work on stuff like that? It's like, and that's cool. I like being a behind the scenes sort of guy. But when you're trying to make a career out of it, it's hard when nobody knows about you and you like don't have the the connections, you know? Totally. So obviously you said, you know, some friends that are here in Nashville, you have some other friends out in California. Now, you know, with the with the bit of confidence building up, are you finding that there's ways to overcome that challenge of the networking aspect? Yeah, totally. The friends that I have have been doing a lot of similar projects to me, a lot of DIY projects and creating a lot of friends and just gaining up that network. But it's been I don't know. It's all kind of been underground indie stuff for a while. And so we're trying to connect right now to be able to produce some bigger quality, bigger sounding records with some of those people that have already made some stuff with us that want to make, you know, new albums and stuff. Absolutely, man. Dude, that's awesome. Corey, thank you so much for taking some time out to share your story with us, dude. Sure. Thanks, X. No problem, man. Hey everyone, this is X O'Connor, and you've been listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. This show is produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salamone. We've got one week left in our production series, but we still have more exciting content to share with you. And remember, our course is releasing on October 30th for three days only through our mailing list. So if you're not on the list, head over to fullcirclegoeslive.com to register. Make sure you don't miss out on anything. We are so excited to share this course with you and help teach you our production secrets. Thanks again for joining us and we're going to see you back here again next week.